according to his riches, not according to ours. And he's going to give you exactly enough. The Lord says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And I just, I have a little testimony I'm going to give right now. Judah's car is broken and it's going to cost $900 to get it fixed. And someone just, something that we do every once in a while is going to make us $900 on Sunday. And that happened Sunday. We scheduled it for this coming Sunday, and we just found out today how much his car is going to cost. So God supplied the need before the need even came. He already knew how much money we were going to need, and he supplied it beforehand. According to his riches, according to his glory. And so we just, I want to give the honor to him because that was nothing that I prepared. That was something that he did for us. And I want you to have victory in your life too. Anything that you need, he is going to supply it. He will supply your needs according to his riches. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's got you. He will always have you. Amen. He is Because he is good and he loves his children. And what father doesn't know how to give his children good things?
have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. Friend, 
Just one more. 
good. Hallelujah. Let's just clap for the Lord. He is so good. He is so worthy. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. He is our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Well, if we're new, we want to get to know you. We're so glad to have you here. There's a get to know you card right in front of you if you want to fill that out. And if you are a kiddo, you are free to head on down to Children's Church. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. All right, well, it's good to have you tonight. Let's get ready to take up tithe and offering. So if you have something to give, you can prepare that. Um, offering envelopes in the chair in front of you, or the ushers have them. You can wave your hand around, and one of them will uh, help you out. But um, let's prepare our giving tonight. And our giving is always an extension of our worship. And uh, as, as Samara was saying, God is our provider. Amen. How, how many of you believe God will never let you down? I believe that with all my heart. Even, even sometimes when it's like, wait a minute, where you at, God, and your mind starts to, to do goofy stuff, at some point your heart goes, okay, but I know. God, God is faithful, and he is true. He's never late. He's always on time. He's always in his wisdom and, and, and doing uh, all the things that, that um, uh, we know and believe that he will do. So let me pray over that. So if you have something to give, you can bring it. Lord, I, I praise you tonight as we give that we're, we're living a life of faith dependent upon you, living in you, and then because of that, by you and for you. So, uh, Lord, I pray as, as we're living the times that we live in and, and it just seems like costs are up and all. I just pray, Lord, in the midst of this, that we don't forget your faithfulness and that we just trust in you. And we live in faith that you are always going to open doors and take care of what needs to be taken care of, Lord, because we're your children. And we stand firm in that you're the, the good father. And we thank you so much for that. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen, amen. Come on down if you have it. And I had, uh, Teddy, is that your name? She asked if she could share a testimony, right? Or something. So come on down. So I said, sure. And I think it's like your second or third time with us, something like that. So I'm going to, I don't know you, so I'm sort of stepping out of the boat by allowing you to have a microphone. No, you can be right down here. You're fine. So I know some people know you. So anyways. I don't need it. I'm good. I'm live. Oh, oh, well, that way the live streamers can hear you. There you go. Um, so just those, those songs. Lord revealed to us um, this past week some beautiful things, and I just wanted to share with my fellow 
um, sisters and brothers in Christ. So my daughter, when she was five, um, she's here with me tonight, she was diagnosed with epilepsy and was having 600 seizures a day. Oh my God. Um, pretty traumatic. <laughs> and like you were saying, we were like, God, where are you? What's going on? And um, so this has been four years of just finding the right medicines and everything. So we went to the doctor this past week, the neurologist. He was like, we're taking her off of everything. We haven't seen seizures in a while. Amen. We're going to wean her down. We're taking her off, and we're just going to trust the process. And I was like, it's God, because he was like, this is a miracle. And I was like, God's the miracle. So um, if you want to pray for my daughter, her name's Emma Lynn. We go back in a four weeks to see if she is indeed seizure-free. But I'm claiming it. Oh, yes. Amen. And I know God has done it. Amen. Well, let's just, uh, where, where is she? Is she downstairs? Make sure at the end of the service we'll pray for her, okay? But how about this? In that, if, if you have physical need in your body, just raise your hand up. Lord, you see our needs, Lord, and, and we believe and we stand with that testimony right there. You touch our bodies, Lord. Whatever it is, whatever's going on, Lord, you know, and you know better than us, better than doctors, better than anybody that can bring a diagnosis, the cause and the reason and the source. And we pray in the name of Jesus for complete physical healing for those in the house. And we thank you for your touch in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Teddy. I, I love hearing good, good stuff like that. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, got your Bibles. Go to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. So... I started something that was sort of, it wasn't a one-off, but it was sort of one-off, but it's actually a two-off after tonight. So um, here, if you can figure out how to turn this thing off, I messed it up. Anyhow, um, I just kind of jumped in on, on gifts last week, and I want to I wanna jump back on it tonight. And again, next Wednesday, we got uh, our, our guest speaker and Christy Miko, but and, and I'm not sure if we're going to come back to this later, but I just felt impressed upon my heart last Wednesday to bring the subject up and then, uh, again, today just felt to touch on it again. So 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 12. So if you have your Bible, you can jump there. If not, our incredible media team will throw it up on the screen for you. Anyhow, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12. Let no one despise you for your youth. But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So one of the greatest lights of the world that we can have is the example of the Christ-like character growing in our life. Amen? And it shows up in your speech it shows up in your action. It shows up in your purity and all these different things. So Paul, this is obviously uh, written to Timothy. And Timothy was a young guy that was placed in charge of the church in Ephesus that Paul was a part of planting and kicking off. And, 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 and Timothy's sort of a protege of Paul. And, and, and First and Second Timothy are written to Timothy, obviously. So Paul is instructing him. And obviously Timothy being a young guy. So so by the way, to say this, and this is something as a youth pastor, as a youth pastor for years and years and years and years, I would say something like this to them. You are never too young to be serious about Jesus. Never. I don't care. How, even in your youth, you can begin to grow in the things of God. Amen? And, and I say this to you guys, you're never too old not to be used by God anymore. There, there's no shelf life on the gifts of the Spirit or the gifts that God gives us. So, example, we are to be people of example. Verse 13, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. So Timothy what was a pastor, he was a teacher, okay, that was his gifting. The public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, in other words, to building up of the church, and to teaching. Now watch this. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so they may all see your progress, so there's a growth in the things that God gives us. Keep a close watch on yourself and your teaching. Other translations say watch on your life and your doctrine. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. Timothy had a gift given by God 
affirmed by the elders of a church, and they even laid their hands on him and prayed about it, okay? And, and where we were last week, we actually kind of jumped ahead in the narrative. Last week, we were in 2 Timothy, when Paul encourages Timothy, fan up the gift. Remember, fan up the flame of the gifts that you had in the laying on of hands, okay? So God is not a respecter of persons, is he? So a gift for one means we all have a gift, or gifts, plural. Um, now, they're not the same, right? Especially when it comes to the gathering of the body. Paul writes about us being a body. Not everybody's an eye, not everybody's the, the hair, not everybody's the, the toe. We, we all different, and God brings us together according to gifts. Okay? Now, different kind of gifts we have in the scripture, right? We have, uh, Paul writes about the gifts of the Spirit, okay, which are, are uh, manifest in our life at the, at the uh, uh, doing of the Holy Spirit after the infilling of the Spirit. There's, there's gifts like administrative gifts and gifts of giving and so forth. You find in Romans 12. And by the way, a lot of the stuff I'm saying tonight, you can go back and do some self-study on it. So I'm just throwing some stuff out, okay? I'm generally not like this, but last week and tonight is just what I'm doing. So Romans 12 talks about uh, some more kind of gifts, okay? Uh, you, there, there are natural gifts that God uses. Is that correct? Okay, you're endowed with natural things. So there's different kind of gifts that we have. Um, and, all of, and by the way, there's the five-fold ministry gifts. Okay, Ephesians 4, 11, so you have pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, and apostle. Okay, so there's different giftings that are gifted by God. Some are wrapped up in who we are in our creation. Some are endowed upon us with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but there's different kind of gifts, different kind of serving, but everybody has some sort of gift or gifts because God is not a respecter of persons, okay? I want you, as you grow in your life with Jesus, to come to understand, A, you have at least a gift, and B, there's something to do with what you've been given. Remember the parable of the talents. They're all, they're all given something. And at certain moments of your life, you find yourself with something in your hand that God has given you. Upon your understanding, upon revelation, whatever it is, you find, what are you supposed to do when you find something in your hand? Go bury it somewhere? Because it's, it's a nice thing and just leave it there? You're supposed to do something with it. Whatever it is, Work with what's in your hand. Now, what's in your hand today may be different than what's in your hand in five years versus what was in your hand five years ago. There, there's a process. There's a growth that, that we, we have, and there's certain things that come out of our life as we grow in him. But I don't, I don't believe uh, that there are any Christians that don't have something you've been given. Now, let me just say this. We, we are big in this church on serving. I mean, know that. We talk about dream teams. Your value is not found in whether or not you're a part of a dream team. Okay, just understand that. So it's not like if you don't serve here, you're less than or you're not valuable to us. That's not true. Your value is because you're a person breathing alive and you're with us. But I also do believe at the same time, you have something to give here. You see what I'm saying? And, and as we grow in Jesus and we discover these things, sometimes they change and there's different seasons of your life, but I believe you find things in your hand that God has for you. Here's what I have discovered about the gifts. There are not ever anything that you can do without God. As a matter of fact, if you try to do it without him, it will eventually be a train wreck. Everything that God does always draws you back to him. And you try to go it alone because all of a sudden, because you realize you have something, you're all that in a bag of chips, and you try to do it all by yourself, you'll end up in a mess. Every time the Lord has, has dropped something on my, from the very first moment I felt called to go into ministry, I realized this could be a disaster. But it was only because of being in him it semi-stayed okay, you know what I'm saying? The gifts are always, in a certain way, bigger than you because they're from him and they're for him and they're by him. They're for the kingdom. It's not about you anyways. Amen. It's not about you for your self-glorification. It is something God has given you for him 
and then something to do with the kingdom and whatever it is. And it could, it could be a gift of encouragement, the gift of giving, right? It could be the gift of administration, some of the things you find in Romans 12. It could be the working. Uh, you could set on a certain gift of the spirit, like, like the gift of healing. I mean, there's multiple. But God gives us things. And we're supposed to start doing something with what we know today. Okay? Now, what I did last week, I kind of got ahead of myself. I don't know why I was on my heart, but I just kind of gave you some, uh, some warnings about it last week. So let me just burn through those again real fast, in case you weren't here last week. Hindrances to your gift, or is it... Now, when God gifts somebody outside of gifts of spirit, those gifts are irrevocable. The Bible says that. But you can render yourself useless if that makes sense. So uh, pride, that, that's a danger to your, your gift. Trying to promote yourself, self-promotion, trying to leapfrog around people to, to have some sort of platform, that, that can be a hindrance to your gift. The, the total opposite of those things, self-loathing. In other words, I'm not good enough. Uh, that, that can be a hindrance to your gift, right? Jealousy. I realized I'm a pinky, but I wish I was the eye. As a matter of fact, I'd probably be a better eye than that eye. That's jealousy. That, that'll end up in a mess. Tongue issues, not controlling your mouth. Uh, uh, gossip, slander, uh, uh, and, and connects with the next one, bringing division in the church by talking about people. That's a hindrance to your gift. And, and another one I just wrote down is, is lingering in unchecked sin. So it's kind of like this. When you have a revelation of something in your life, you're supposed to do something with it, right? You know, you realize you also get a, a revelation from the Holy Spirit conviction about sin in your life. You're also supposed to do something about that too. As much as you're supposed to do something with the gifts you have, you're supposed to do something with the revelation of sin that's in your life. Don't let it linger. Don't let it be unchecked. Begin to deal with it with, his, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? If not, it hinders you from walking in the fullness of the things God has. Okay? So, having said that, I want us to grow. Well, one of the biggest things that, that, uh, one of the biggest things that I try to do in a church, and I've done this from the very beginning, I like to do things in such a way that eventually I push myself out of the picture. So I, I don't, so when it comes to church, I don't like to build things that if I was gone, it collapses. So, so when I do travel, when I used to travel, somebody would say, so what do you do, who, who runs things when you're not at church? I would always say the same people that run it when I'm there. It doesn't really change. We try to build. So, again, it's not ever about self. It's the point I'm making. It's not about you. Okay? So in all the things that, that I've done in the past, those things are still going because you raise people up, put them in place, and step out. My, my goal is that, that everything that I do, eventually somebody takes my spot. That's raising people up in the kingdom because it's not about me. Right? There, there, is, there is no church that belongs to a person. Is that true? There, there is nothing that you do for a, the kingdom that belongs to you. Right? So in other words, if you have a mentality, this is not about me, I'm not, I'm not building this for me. In other words, it, 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 you say, well, I'm building God's kingdom that's also known as building my personal kingdom. That doesn't work. Right? I'm building God's kingdom end of the story. And I'm just happy to be used in building his kingdom. And I'm satisfied at the end of the day that I'm being used to build his kingdom. It's not about me. So, so whenever uh, somebody would come to me in the church and, and they got a problem, and things happen, we have to talk and we have to work through things, but it, but it comes down to me, I, me, I, me, me, me. I always, in my mind, I'm always going, yeah. We have a bigger problem than whatever your problem is. Not about you. Well, I didn't get my way. Well, I don't care. I'm not being mean, but I'm just like, generally my mom thinking so. Not about you. What's the big deal? It isn't spot. God, God's not looking for superstars. 
in the American church and Western church, we get caught up in that because some church pastors become superstars, and it's, it's not the kingdom. Let me be honest. We're not here to make a name for ourselves. We're here to promote the kingdom and promote Jesus, right? So here are some things that will help you stay within it. Number one, humility. That we learn to be broken before him, humble. Second thing is obedience. That we learn to obey, and we hear we obey. We hear we obey. We hear we obey. And when you're humble and you're obedient, what you'll learn to be is dependent. Dependent upon who he is. Dependent upon what he's up to. Listen, the whole work of the kingdom is getting in on what God is up to. So one of the biggest things you can do in your life is pray and fast and be a person of the word so you see what God is doing. What is God doing in this time here and now in this locale? Right? And my my job is to get in on what he's up to, not try to create my own thing. Right? And you learn to do that because you're humble, you obey, and it makes you dependent. Remember, Jesus was on the earth, and and the Bible says that he only did what he saw the Father doing, right? Because he was was humble and taking on his his place uh, as incarnate incarnate human flesh. He was humble and taking on that role, and then the things that he did, he saw it because what God was up to was the plan of salvation. So, So we're humble, Right? We're obedient, and it makes us dependent. Another thing is is that you're a person of worship. That's big. Everything everything that you do worships something. You know that? Everything you do lines you up with something. That we're we're people of worship. That, That we are always reminding ourselves that he's God, we're not, and here's my expression of that fact. I'm a person of worship, okay? Because pride gets in with a gift when you begin to start to elevate in your own mind that you're something. Worship puts you right back in the spot you're supposed to be in. Because it reminds you of what you are not, and you are not God. You are not the giver of the gift. You're not the one that sustains the gift. You're not the one that empowers the gift. You're not the one that, that grows the gift. He does that. Okay? And, and there's, there's one more thing that, if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, and it rolls into gifts of the Spirit, and then right after that, well, right after the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 is, is 1 Corinthians 13. And what is 1 Corinthians 13? Everybody remember? Love. Love. Paul talks about all this wonderful gifts. You have the power gifts, you have the revelation gifts, you have the, the knowledge gifts. You have these gifts, but he said, but by the way, you can do all that stuff, but if you lack love, it doesn't mean anything. Then you go to Romans 12, and he talks about some of these. You know what Paul then rolls right into after these, these other kind of gifts that he lists there? He talks about love. That if we are not growing in love, all these gifts don't mean anything anyways. Because it always drives us back to the greatest thing. Love him with everything you have and learn how to love your neighbor. And if you're doing that, then the gifts that you realize that you have that are instilled in you by God and given by God will be used in the proper way towards and how you interact with other people. Amen? So here's the point. You have to believe that you have some things from God in your hand that you've been given. You see, with some people... Here's what we do. Let me, let me tell you what people get wrapped up in. Some people get wrapped up in trying to find this big life purpose. What is my calling? And, and we do that because how we talk in the church a lot. So some people ask me, you're a pastor. Yeah, so you've been called to do that? Well, yeah, I've been called to do that. I believe that. I, I felt it as a, as a 17-year-old kid sitting in the middle of church service. I wasn't even paying attention to what was happening. Okay, and the Lord dropped it in my heart. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And when I thought about it later, I was like, whoa, wait, I don't know about this, you know. I felt I found a life calling, but some people, because we talk like that, some people are constantly searching for this life calling. 
What's in your hand? Right? What's in your hand right now? What do you know that you have? Uh, I, well, I know that right now I'm a greeter at the church. Well, you know what? You'd be the best greeter you could ever be because that's what you know. Do you know you're supposed to be a light in the world? Well, yeah. Be a light in the world. That's what's in your hand. Are you married? Yep. Then, be, then grow to be the best spouse with the help of the Holy Spirit you can be. You got kids? That's in your hand. I'm praying, Lord, help me be the best parent in wisdom and raise my kids in admonition of the Lord as much as I can. Help me. That's what's in your hand right now. Quit looking for these big, huge life things. What do you have now? And as you're faithful with what you have, then there may be possibility that the Lord adds because of your faithfulness. But if you're so busy looking for everything else that you don't pay attention to what's in your hand, the Lord will never increase what's in your hand. Right? So, so what do you have right now? What, what do you see? What do you know? Pay attention to it. Just start praying, Lord, how can I be the best? Give me wisdom. Grow me. Show me hindrances. Put me around people that helps me. You know? And then, then, then as you do those things, you may find something drop into your, that wasn't there before, or maybe it was there the whole time, but the Lord just started to draw it out now, however it works. Oh, wow. well, that's, that's something new. Wow, I don't know what to do with that. That's okay. But start to pray about it. And keep it close to your heart. Then in times and seasons and situations, things start to kind of bubble out a little bit. And now, now, you're, now you're, you're walking into something. And you're like, wow, where did this come from? My goodness. How is this possible? Right? It's because of the way God works. So you, you have things now. Be faithful with what's in your hand today. Humble, obedient, dependent, making sure pride doesn't get mixed in there, right? Not, not allowing things that would hinder, and be faithful to it. It's part of who God has called you to be, is releasing things in your life. So, but, but here's the problem with church. Not everybody's called to some sort of a platform. You've got to remove that from your mind. And trust me, for somebody who's been doing this for almost 30 years, you probably don't want the platform because it comes with a lot of mess. Okay? It's not about a platform. If it ends up being something connected to a ministry, like, okay, wonderful, fine, you're growing it, but don't look for it. Don't look for it. Those things come. See, what happens is gifts make a way if you're faithful with them. You don't have to try to promote your, it'll make a way. And what will happen is sometimes in the church, um, I'll have somebody, and it happens a handful of times, somebody will come and say, hey, I really feel this is what I'm supposed to do. And it has to do with some sort of position in the church, let's say. And I will say, okay, but I'm not seeing you here in that. But if you're, you're gifted, it'll make a way, and you'll make a way. Just because it's not being made here doesn't mean it's not there. You have to find where it makes a way. That makes sense? And the other thing, is, and this is sort of a couple of random things I'm saying here, the other thing is this, is that the church is not supposed to support and staff your ideas and your gifts. That's why you got it and I didn't. So, so I'll give you an example. So several years ago, there was, there was a, a couple of young girls who had this, it was a wonderful idea about an outreach in the community. And they came to me and, and told me about it. I was like, wow, that's phenomenal. That sounds great. And they said, so can you give us money to do it? And I said, no. It's not my job to fund your gift. But if the Lord, if the Lord, if the Lord called you to it, then is he going to provide somehow? Yeah. Just don't expect me to do the whole thing. I'm going to give you all this church money for it. And they, they got it. They weren't upset, and so they went about it. Then they said, 
oh, but we need people to help us. Can you announce people to, to join? And, and I said, okay, I don't mind doing that. And I did it. And you know how many people went and joined their, their thing? And they were mad. I said, it's, 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 it's not our vision. It's your vision. You go say, well, we can't do because we don't have people. Then start with what's in your hand. And when you're faithful with what you've been given, if you heard correctly from the Lord, then he will begin to provide and, and open doors, and things will happen without just expecting the church to do it for you. You see what I'm saying? You have the gift. God called you, then you have to believe, then there's something to do with it. And then God will make ways with what you have been given. You see, see what I'm getting at? But that all means, but, but did God really give? If he did, then okay. Well, why didn't it work out by next week? There's some growth. There's some steps to take. There, there's, there's times, there's seasons. It, it's, it's almost like a scroll. You ever see a scroll that gets open? It doesn't open the whole way, right? And you don't always see the end, but you always see what's open right now. Then work with what you see. God, God has given you that right now. Then do something with it. Amen? But I want you to feel like you're empowered to, to live in what God has given. Because God doesn't give what he doesn't back up. Never gives what he doesn't back up. He doesn't give then that you don't need him. Again, he's gonna, you're going to have to lean on him. Yeah, I, I knew I was called to be a pastor, and I've been doing it, but my goodness, need him every single day. I was just saying today, Lord, I need you. <laughs> I say it almost every day, Lord, I need you. I just need you. I need your wisdom. I need your help. I just need you. Amen? And you just start walking in things. And, you, and, and, and if you're like me, by the way, what you hear, you immediately go, I don't think so. Stop. Just stop. If, 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 if God didn't think so, he wouldn't have put it in your hand. You have to believe. Now, now, this takes living by faith to a whole other place. Living in faith with what he's given you. And you start stepping out a little at a time. And, and, and it feels like it, there was somebody here just last week I felt in my heart, I walked up to him and said, you need to start stepping out of the boat a little bit. It has to do with the gifting. You got to start, and if you start to, to, to drop in the water, you'll learn how to swim. But you got to get out of the boat. You can know, you're, you're, and you just sit in the boat the whole time and look around. Get out of the boat, man. Just get out. I might drown. Don't worry. You'll be okay. God's got you. But stay fixed. Stay focused. And if you sink, he'll pull you back out. And you've you got to get out of the boat, though. Okay? So I'm kind of challenging you. I'm able to think what's in my hand. Live by faith and see what he will do. What if, what if I miss it? He'll bring you back. Don't worry. He has nice ways of, of just saying, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. That's, no, no, that's not what I was saying. Okay, often, if you look in Acts, there's a sequence that ends up with Paul having the vision of, Mace of the man of Macedonia, right? And he responds to this vision of going to Macedonia with the gospel and ends up, I believe, being his second missionary journey, okay? But right before that vision came to him, I think it was, you have to look and find it in Acts, there's two or three different times that Paul went to go somewhere and the Holy Spirit said, no. And he wanted to go over, and the Holy Spirit said, no. And he wanted to go over, and no. And finally, he had a vision of the man of Macedonia beckoning him to come, and he goes, and then starts his big missionary journey. God will often speak in your activity, even if you're missing it. Because you're active. He has a hard time dealing with laziness. It's easier for him to direct somebody who's trying to do somebody than somebody sitting there doing nothing. Get active with what you have. If you're wrong, okay, he'll tell you. He'll, he'll say no, and he'll redirect. But at least you're, after, you're listening. You're after something. What's in your hand? You've been given something. Amen? Amen. So what you're going to find is I'm your biggest cheerleader. 
No, I'm not going to have pom-poms, and I'm not going to do a, a cheer. But I'm your biggest cheerleader. Because if you believe God put it in your hand, I must say amen. Is it my call to tell you whether or not God put it in your hand? No, I ain't God. When somebody comes to me and says, I believe the Lord said, I always say, okay. What do you want me to say? Okay. Then what's he going to do? Okay, sure. I, I'm, I'm with you. So let's grab. Let's see. Let's see what he will do. So here's how we're going to close up. It's a little after eight. Last week, I prayed for everybody who wanted to come down and be prayed for about stirring up your gift, fanning the flame of the gift that's in you. So if you weren't here last week I, or you didn't come down last week, I'd like to pray with you tonight before you go. Okay? So I'm going to see if either Samara or Chamberlain will come back up and, and uh, just drum something for a minute. But while I'm doing that, if, if I prayed for you last week, um, what I'd like you to do is, is close out tonight by finding a couple people around and praying for each other and just say, hey, is there anything we can pray for you tonight about? We want to pray for, for Teddy's daughter, too, before they head out. Um, but I want you to find some people to pray with, and if you were not here last week or you didn't come down, come on down. I'd like to pray with you about what's in your hand. Amen? How many of you understand what I'm talking about? How many catch? Okay, good. Good, good. If you have questions, by the way, or, or you're just like, you know, it's what I feel, but I'm not sure, come talk. I'd love to talk with you about this stuff. Okay? So go ahead, stand up on your feet, find some people to pray with, or if you weren't here last week, come on down. I'd love to pray with you, and that's how we'll close out tonight. We'll see you, we'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed the rest of this week.